Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Scoutcast. It's a blank game week. My name is Joe. My name is Seb. My name is Ben. Welcome everyone. Um, before I do my usual and ask Seb what is on the show, um, I have an announcement to make. And um, in keeping with the virtual award ceremonies we're seeing on TV at the moment, um, I'm going to hand myself this wonderful trophy. Check this out. Absolutely massive. <laughs> Then this is uh, because I've just won the Bernardo's Charity FPL Cup. Um, so thanks very much. And this is again all the thank yous. Very Gwyneth paltrow uh, Thanks to Martin Duffy for arranging the trophy and Caroline Cooper for organising the league on behalf of Bernardo's. Um, so this league is staged each year to help raise money for this great charity. Uh, provides fostering and adoption support, um, helps families, protects children uh, and gives young people a voice. So according to their la- latest figures, um, it supported 81,100 uh, people uh, through one-to-one support, more than 100,000 through its children and family centres, um, 45,000 people into schools and more than 131,000 through children and family wellbeing service. So as the UK recovers from the COVID pandemic, the charity support for children is needed more than ever before, um, but that comes at a cost. Um, so if you'd like to donate, please visit their website. Um, also, on my uh, Twitter handle, you can see it on the screen now, just go on there, it's a pinned tweet as well, how to donate to Bernardo's. Um, so if you'd like to take part in their FPL Charity Cup and League next year, um, I'll post up some details on my Twitter feed when I get them through from the charity over the summer. I'll also post up a link to the charity and so there it is, I've already done that. Um, so Seb, what's coming up on the show? <laughs> oh, congratulations mate, well done. <laughs> You've, uh, is this the bit where we make a Tottenham joke about your number of trophies? And, yeah, this uh, is it. This is, and theirs, I've yeah. got more trophies than Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> uh, congratulations and hey, a great cause, so beautiful. Um, on the show this week, we have a number of blank, uh, blank, blank fixtures. We have Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal and Manchester United all miss out. And a bit of a fixture swing. It is finally that game week 36 we've been mm. talking about, where it seems like forever, where those teams that were had good fixtures beforehand, we now move out of our teams and we bring in some new teams. Bit of changes in fortunes as well. Maybe Man City, who I think I, last week when we were rounding up at the end, I remember saying like, oh, we don't need to worry about them because they're Champions League. Well, they're done with that now, apart from the final. So maybe they come back into it. So what we're going to do is something a little bit different. Rather than going through 
topics and asking questions or whatever, we're going to look at positions, answer your questions and have a look at who we might pick for the remaining matches of the season. And then to save us from being too boring, we'll have a differential from Ben at the end, I hope. We'll have transfers to look at, of course, captains, and a look at our scores first this week, I believe. Excellent. Well, we'll start. Um, and so said. Now this makes a change because um, you've, you've been you've been Easy third for a number of weeks, and now, hey, presto! This is the week where we all take our medicine. Ninety-seven points, free hit, um, going well so far. So um, mainly for the benefit of our podcast listeners, um, do you want to run through your team? Oh yeah, sure. I have uh, Guaita in goal with eight points. Trent Alexander-Arnold at the back with seven. Obviously, a match to play, but I won't keep repeating myself there. Uh, Luca Dean with six. Luke Shaw with two. Mane in midfield with 11. Uh, Salah with six. Fernandez with 22 and the captain's armband. Greenwood with 18, I think that is. Cavalone with nine. Watkins on minus one, of course. And Ian Acho with nine. And a bench that no one probably cares about, but Forster is on there with his 10. Um, so yeah, gone pretty well. Cannot complain. Even with a Watkins minus one, I, I think you take that if you're approaching 100 points with a few matches left, don't you? So yeah, on the on the cusp of 100 points, plus you've got your captain to play and a whole bunch of other players as well. Um, and we, we're fairly certain, I think we could be fairly certain Shaw and Fernandes are going to start after their benching midweek. Uh, Greenwood might be on the bench, but we know he can do some damage coming on. And you've got Mane, um, Salah, Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, more. Calvert-Lewin. As well, Luca Dean. Um, yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be a very strong week. So yeah, good good use of free hit here. So um, before I put my team up, I just I saw this on Twitter just now, and I thought I'd put it up from uh, Crate Digger FPL Crate Digger on Twitter, um, and this sums up the game week for many. So there's people like yourself, Seb, and, and me uh, for FPL managers on 95 points, and in my case here, whose goalkeeper hasn't started both games? Oh, poor me. Um, but then it's him there, uh, me on 63 points with Ollie Watkins. Um, so that, that sums it up for a lot of people there. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 11 points from Mendy. So yeah, we're recording this uh, and streaming this before, uh, just before the Chelsea match gets underway. Mendy is benched. Kepa is playing. So I am on 92 points with um, a reasonably successful bench boost. Certainly more successful than if I'd have done Leeds players in a single game week early in the season, which many people did. Um, so yeah, it's been more successful than that. Uh, 92 points. I've got Mendy, but I'm going to take his 11 points and run, and I'm not going to be like Mel Gibson, smugly at a, at a, at a bloodied messiah there. Um, I've also got Shaw, Phillips, uh, Maguire I got in for Alonso. So I missed out on Alonso's goal. And I got Harry Maguire in for his surety of minutes. And for the first time in a thousand years, he decides to get injured. That, that so, one's so unfortunate. It, That's, you know, Mane triple captain vibes. You can't do anything about that. Yeah, I know. But what can you do? I mean, that's one of those, like... Um, good decision bad outcome but that was a good decision Maguire was probably the only one who would have started three um you know definitely would have started two anyway yeah. um, I mean that, that I, ch- I changed my team because of that actually with yeah. you know uh I think was it Solskjaer mentioned basically everyone wouldn't play twice yeah. and obviously last time we spoke it was only a double so my team changed a bit but yeah I moved from defense to attack um, yeah. you know just because I heard a press conference so yeah, yeah. um so yeah I've um, I'm not even going to say with hindsight. With hindsight, I still would have got Harry Maguire in. Um, uh, uh, Fernandez captain, so hopefully more to come from him. Salah, nice goal there. Jota, uh, Son, uh, Chris Wood, the mighty Chris Wood. Uh, a nice six points return from him again. Uh, Harry Kane blanked. Ian Acho nine points. 
But the bench boost I quite it was mixed fortunes, but um very fortunate here. So I got Forster with ten points. So I've got twenty one points from my goalkeeper, so I'm very, very pleased with that. Uh Ward got me six points. Um I was kind of expecting something around that from him. Uh Lingard only one point. He was my sort of I'm not quite sure about their form at the moment and his form. And Veltman was a surprise, zero. Uh, if Lewis Dunk hadn't got himself red carded, uh, that that would have been a surefire clean sheet. And Veltman, obviously, unknown injury. So um, I'm not going to complain. I'm not like that. Look, put it up again. I'm not. I'm no Mel Gibson. I'm not complaining. I'm. I'm happy there. So um, yeah, uh, Ben. Let's move on to you. You've got uh, 69 points, but plenty more players to go, and your captain as well. So for the benefit of our podcast listeners, do you want to run through your team? Yeah, a bit, bit of a, a mediocre week. Uh, okay, not too bad. Um, so Mendy and Goal, happy with those 11, although a little bit annoying he's now not starting. Um, Dean, 6, Shaw, 2, Target, 1. Madison, a big disappointing transfer yeah. from a few weeks ago, um, 3 points. Son, 7. Fernandez 22 as captain. Zahar, um, I, I was one of those that yeah. decided to go Zahar over Greenwood. Because um, of the fixture next week, which obviously is backfired. Mm-hmm. And then up front, Kane, Ian Acho, and Richarlison, who will um, hopefully outscore DCL in the second <laughs> game. Yes. Well, we're going to talk a lot about Everton coming up because obviously uh, Everton are your team, but also with home fixtures coming up. And well, as we talk about through other players, there are certain teams that are going to crop up constantly Leeds, West Ham and Everton in particular. Um, so, yeah, it'll be good to get your thoughts. Seb as a Leeds fan uh, and Ben as an Everton fan as well. So we're, we're a bit pri- pri- privileged there as well. So um, I, I don't support West Ham. So if I, it would be good if I did. But Brighton's my team for my sins. Uh, ben, on your, on your points there as well, realistically, you've used no chips there. That's a pretty decent score. I think it's just one of those weeks where a lot of people have used, say, a free hit or a bench boost and there were some pretty obvious routes to go. So if you couldn't, you know, join that party i think you were you know not not unskillful if that's the right word to be 30 points behind them like it's kind of fair enough it's unfortunate yeah the the game week rank's not too bad as as 1.2 million you you kind of want to be a bit higher but it's not like i've had a sort of four or five million game week rank so far um and it it just kind of needs a a few of my a couple of differentials if richarlison and dean can do something then it kind of gets it turns it into a good game week really um, so it's sort of not too far off, but yeah, I've, I've obviously used my chips earlier, um, such as the free hit. So it's it's an okay week. I mean, also, you know, whether free hitting or not, or bench boost, it's, it's, it's such a long game week. I mean, there's matches every day and you're going to get good and bad days. So I had a one of the days over the weekend was really good. And one of these was really bad. And it's just up and down, up and down. So for example, this team that you've got, Ben, I mean... Everton start doing well. Richarlison is going to be a great differential. If he scores, say, a brace, that's it. Great game week. Um, so, um, yeah, plenty more to go. Um, but it's game week 36 we're looking at. Um, but because of those fixture swings, because they're the blank fixtures, I think there's going to be a lot of transfers. I think Live FPL has got an average of uh, everyone's on. Uh, the average is nine players. So some are going to be on eight, seven going into it. Some are going to be lucky with, with 11 Um uh, even without hits. Um, so 
I think it's time to look at not only game week 36, but the fixture running. Because the players we get in now are going to be really important. And if hits are, are taken into account, you really want a player that's going to do you well for the next three game weeks, not just for game week 36. So here's the season ticker we've got on Fancy Football Scout. And I've sorted it by difficulty. Um, and we see at the top, Liverpool. They've got West, West Brom, Burnley and Crystal Palace at home for the final game of the season. Great fixtures. Then Leeds, Burnley. This is the, the Leeds fixture turn. Uh, Burnley, Southampton and West Brom, um, West Ham, um, Brighton, West Brom, Southampton, Sheffield United, um, if you think for some reason they're going to suddenly not be a League One side, um, they've got Everton, um, which is still tricky, Newcastle, which is tricky, and Burnley, which is tricky, so I'm not quite sure why they're up there, um, but nevertheless, you know. uh, Everton, Sheffield United at home, doesn't get better than that. Uh, then Wolves at home, great. And then they got a toughy with City at the end. Um, but Newcastle, it's such a shame with Callum Wilson's injury for him and also for FPL managers because I think I fancied the goal with him against even City. Then he's got Sheffield United. He looked captaincy material, game week 37. Um, Tottenham, still great fixtures, Wolves and, and, and Villa. Meanwhile, you look down the bottom, all the players we've been investing in recent weeks, Leicester, rubbish, <laughs> nothing. Then Chelsea, then Tottenham. Chelsea themselves, They've got nothing, and then Leicester and Villa, and Brighton. They had they've been having a good run of games. It's all ended, and they haven't got Lewis Dunk for a couple of them. So West Ham, City, and Arsenal, pretty bad. Arsenal, okay mixture, just nothing. But then they got Crystal Palace and Brighton to end the season with. So we can see there's a lot of fixture changes there. So we're going to look at it sort of position by position. Um, so let's have a look at goalkeepers first, because. There's going to be a lot like me who've got uh, Mendy and Forster. The situation with Forster is that Hassan Hootel, the Southampton manager, is sharing game time between his two goalkeepers. He uh, Forster is getting these two, we think, and McCarthy's going to get the next two. Forster might get the last one. But either way, it looks very doubtful that Forster's going to play, despite his penalty save heroics. Um, Mendy, as we can see tonight, he's just simply, I mean, he's definitely not playing next week because Chelsea don't have a game, but he's not reliable to be starting. Could be Kepa. Um, so I think there's going to be some goalkeeper changes. Um, so we've got some community questions on that. Um, and uh, Andy Nash, those with Mendy and Forster, which keepers are worth targeting for the run-in? Um, he suggests Meslier for the fixtures, McCarthy and Forster double up for security. It certainly would be, and cheap. Uh, Pickford uh, because Sheffield United are up next or perhaps a differential like Dubravka and Fabianski um, so the stats we've got up on the screen are for all the season and they've got a variety there so I think the two key ones are XG prevented so you know whether they could have prevented a goal or not um, if they were in plus then um, they've saved the, they've saved their team's bacon there um, and if they're in minus well those those are perhaps what they were expected to have saved and we see their Guita it's absolutely ludicrously awful on uh, minus 11. Um, and then also sheer number of saves, because in FPL you get points for saves. So if they got lots of saves, well, you're going to get points probably, um, especially saves per minute there. So you can see Meslier is pretty big, pretty good there. For 137, he's pretty untouchable. Uh, Martinez, uh, Nick Pope as well, um, all doing well per minutes per save. So just, yeah, coming to both of you, see what you think really. Uh, best goalkeepers for the running. Um, ben, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I kind of looked at it 
straight away with every position basically is look at Leeds first off because I, I like their their form, um, how good a team they are, and then the, I, I think you know since, since I'm ruling out Liverpool, then they've got the best fixtures on the list. Mm. Um, so I, th- I think Meslier looks looks good at a glance. I've got a few issues with him, um, partly. The, the teams he plays, although they're low down in the league with nothing to play for, mm. he does play a few players who are in form, um, such as obviously Burnley have got Chris Wood, who, who's on a hot streak at the moment. Southampton have just got Ings back, um, who, who's come back, scored a brace. And then West Brom, to a lesser extent, there's Pereira, who's getting a few goals. Um, I wouldn't be as concerned about West mm. Brom, but it, it's not necessarily as straightforward um, with just getting on Meslier, I don't think because of the more the individual players rather than the teams that they've got. Um, and I think with Leeds as well, it's almost for me. I'm I'm looking at it that I want three leads, and do I want Meslier to be one of those three? Um, whereas there's maybe kind of Dallas, Rafinha, and Bamford. I think are the the big three for Leeds to get. So I. I I did look at Meslier, but I've, I've thrown a bit of cold water on him. Um, Fabianski is someone who I'm quite interested in. He's got similar sort of games, three really good games. Um, my only concern with West Ham is that they seem to be falling off a little bit. Um, that Their push for Europe is sliding a little bit. And I kind of worry that um, when it comes to you feel you've worked hard all season, and you feel you deserve something, and then it starts going the other way. You play under a lot of pressure rather than the momentum being with you. You start to sort of feel the momentum against you. And so I'm a little concerned that maybe they've got clean sheets there. Fabianski or West Ham haven't kept the clean sheets since game week 28 either. So it's not like as they've come into the running, they've really tightened up and sort of been just trying to grind out the one nils. Um, they were conceding two and three, quite a few times a few weeks ago and since then they, they've still been conceding goals so Fabianski maybe maybe not um, and the other one I looked at a little bit lower down on the fixtures list was Edison mm-hmm. um, as a kind of possibly the safest City player to go for to play all three albeit maybe he gets rotated for one of them maybe don't know Um and I, I did kind of think, maybe optimistically, but with Aguero missing that penalty, maybe if ever, if ever with the league wrapped up, if ever Edison is going to take a penalty, <laughs> if the 2-0 two nil, two nil up oh, against Newcastle or something, there's 70 minutes on the clock, it's surely then that he decides to decides to step up. I don't know, maybe it's still a very, very if hopeful I, if shout. If I got him but, in, um, that would be my third penalty save in a row. I think that's unbreakable. That's unprecedented. In like, I'm I'm talking about scoring the penalty. Yeah, no, no, not, not, not saving it. <laughs> that's why I'm, you know, just penalty in general, just getting points from a penalty, but for for scoring it as well would be incredible. It, it, it's not necessarily the reason to get them in, but I think if, <laughs> if you, you you look at the um, the fixtures they've got and how good a team they are, um, they look like maybe there's three clean sheets there, probably two. Mm. Whereas the others, um, I'm maybe a little unsure that they're getting two. So generally at the end of the season, you kind of have a bit of money to spare. So he's maybe worth the extra million on the others. 
So, I mean, I'm, I've, I mean, I'm in the market for a goalkeeper. I'm going to have to spend a hit to get a goalkeeper. So I want him to be good for three matches. Um, and I have the same reservations about Meslier. It's nothing to do with him. It's to do with the fact that <clears throat> I, th- I would prefer. I don't really want the Leeds defence against Chris Wood, who I own, or against Danny Ings. And if I was, I would probably go for Dallas because I would be getting. I mean, he scored against twice against Man City, so I'm I'm not worried about Dallas at all. Um, I don't think I've got enough transfers to go fully, you know, a Leeds triple up, but. That that was my only concern. It's not that Messier is bad. I just, um, I just think there 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 are um, better defensive options. Nevertheless, I'm thinking possibly Pickford because I think Forster might get the final game um, for Southampton, um, which would be tough against West Ham. But nevertheless, I'm looking at save points and Pickford ticks a lot of boxes for me at the moment because he's got Sheffield United. If I'm going to take it here, I'm going to get that nice feeling. I'm pretty certain I'm going to be getting a definite clean sheet against Sheffield United. Um, and then he has got um, a Wolves defence as well. Uh, sorry, the Wolves attack um, against him at home. So my two questions for you, Ben, um, are wh- what's the likelihood that Olsen will actually cover for Pickford in one of those games? And also... Everton's form at home without fans hasn't been as good as they are away. But this is but the Wolves game is their first game of the season with fans, or sorry, the first game of this stretch of the season with fans. So I'm assuming they're going to be better. But so are they going to be better? And will Pickford play three times? Yeah, the Pickford playing three times, no idea. And <laughs> Ancelotti is extremely difficult to predict on his lineup, so no idea on that. The only thing is, is with it being like a run-in and the Euros in the summer, maybe you would want to give Pickford mm. the three games to kind of nail down that that spot. So it, it, I think it's more more likely that he plays three, but okay. Ancelotti might throw a spanner in the works. Um, I, I think with the fans, then, yeah, we, we've been terrible at home this season. Um, so the two home games looks good. But then um, when you actually look at the whole season of form, yeah. that's actually a negative. You'd rather they were away. Yeah. Um, but Chef United, if you're not going to keep a clean sheet against them, then you, you're not going to keep a clean it? sheet. <laughs> yeah. So um, but the, the, the point about Wolves is interesting, though, the fact that there will be fans there. Mm. Um, so you, w- you would think that, that that just edges it. I think yeah. the players will, will like, even if it's a few fans, that they're going to like it. And the fans are going to be behind the team like the whole 90 because they're going to be so happy to be back. So, And also the City game as well is intriguing for Pickford because Aguero's going to play it. Aguero will take a penalty if they get one. Aguero is possibly the worst penalty taker <laughs> at the moment, apart from Lookman. Um, so whoever's in goal for Everton, if, if Man City get a penalty, it could be happy days. So um, it's clutching. I think Aguero's penalty record is just below average or something off the top of my head. If like conversion rate is 0.8, it's about 0.7, something like that. I think it's all about Man City at the moment. I don't know what it is. They've got like a reverse magnet. Balls will not go in on a penalty spot. Um, But anyway, he's in my thoughts. Um, But there are caveats there, obviously, playing City and um, yeah, the spectre of Olsen over him. Um, but Seb, what do you Pushing think? On the fans. Oh, sorry. Yeah. oh, I was just going to ask what you were discussing there, which is super interesting to listen to. Um, on the fans, I guess this is going to keep coming up. 
do we think and this is speculation mm. but do we think the fans have an equal effect on a team's attacking and defensive prospects or for example when we're looking at everton against wolves do we think having the uh, the full force of the fans behind you is more likely to mean you'll push on and score goals mm. and maybe have a lesser effect on how likely you are to concede of course if the whole team is playing better you're mm. less likely to concede but i wonder if this makes me look at attackers not defenders yeah i, I think it, it it depends on the expectation of the game because earlier in the season we when we, we were able to have fans in we played chelsea with the fans and it was a more defensive performance but i think the fans helped us defend well and get the win against chelsea um because it was like a backs to the wall jobs and the fans are cheering every tackle and stuff like that but because the expectation wasn't that we just go out and attack loads it sort of helped us on the defensive point of view whereas if there are teams like if it's chef united the fans are definitely going to be pushing for um, more attacking or, or say Wolves is an actual example where they will be there for Everton. So I think it might be a little detrimental to um, to the defence. I, I get your point that there'll be more emphasis to try and get forward and please the crowd on that point of view. That's, that's a good point, actually, I guess. So depending on... I mean, the manager's not going to change their tactics based on if there are fans there or not. I'd be surprised. So I guess it's more a, what do we think the manager will do and just add a little bit to that. So if you were going to attack, you attack more, maybe. If you were going to sit back, like you say there, maybe there's that little bit of a little bit of impetus for the players to sit back even better than they would or tackle better, run that yard further. Yeah, well, well, with, with Everton, Ancelotti said recently that um, if we can get higher quality players, we'll play more attractive football next season. And I think in recent weeks, we have played a little more. If we, if we were better, we'd be better. Um, a little bit, yeah. If, if we had sort of City's squad, then we, we'd play amazing football. But um, I, think, I think maybe there, there might just be, not, not particularly changes tactics hugely, but you, you would think if there's going to be fans in the stadium and you're playing Wolves at home, it's not going to be, all right, let's just try and be clinical and take create a few chances and just get, get the goal. You're thinking it's end of the season. Let's let's go for it a bit. So it, it might just it might affect things a little bit. Mm. Um, I was going to just before we get your views on on goalkeepers, Seb. I just wanted to say Alan H in the uh, chat has pointed out um, Debravka as a cheap differential keeper, and and he's he's, he's given me an idea actually. Guaranteed save points against City, yes, and then he's got Sheffield United and Fulham, two of the most guaranteed clean sheets there are around. And then looking at the stats, he's got a save every 21 minutes as well. But, yeah, I'm thinking Dubravka now. Um, but anyway, Seb, what do you reckon? Goalkeepers. Just looking at um, Newcastle's stats for the season, their defence is terrible. They're third worst. But then, hey, if he gets saves, cool. Well, no, In the but, last uh, six... with, with Newcastle, it's because they've had that recent change of manager. They had that, the, the, uh, that, that new coach that has come in. I think you have to look at the last 10 or so um, for them. So in the, in the last mm. six, they have the highest XGC by quite a while. Mm. But like you said, it was the saves we were pointing out mm. there. And then if Sheffield United and Fulham are unlikely to score, it's maybe one of those where you look at the numbers they're conceding and go, oh, that turns me off. But actually, they're gonna get, if he's going to get saves against a team that can produce the shots and then against two of the poorer attacks in the league. So for the last six, again, I think we have, yeah, Sheffield United and Fulham are bot the bottom two. So maybe that's actually quite a nice little uh, little combination mm -hmm. of the two there. I quite like that. Yeah, so uh, yeah, are you going to bang the Meslier drum then? Um, I think you know my thoughts on that. Um, I think you both make good points, though. Um, the fixtures look decent enough. He makes saves. 
but maybe you could do better. Burnley, Southampton with Danny Ings. As soon as Danny Ings started against Palace the other night, I knew my second Guaita clean sheet was over and he scored twice. I think the same thing could easily happen against us. And Burnley have kind of flipped our expectations on them recently. They attack more and defend less. So sure, they could score against us. You might be able to squeeze a little bit more value out of that position. I really like the Edison shout. I've got Lloris myself mm, at the moment. Good. He's maybe a nice little balance between possible clean sheets and saves, although not probably the optimal combination of those two. Maybe does it come down to, as uh, as Ben alluded to, where you're using your slots and more importantly, your funds elsewhere? So I've just while we've been talking, I've tried to build myself like a wild card for the last three weeks, as it were. And one of the spots I kind of want to save my money is in goal. So that might just rule out an Edison for me. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it, I think if you've got money to spare, and I think pe- some people will have, then Edison and Larice are looking good. Edison eighteen clean sheets, Larice eleven so far, and they're both you know in positive in terms of the expected goals prevented column. Um, and Larice in particular, one hundred and four saves. So yeah, you're getting that nice combination, aren't you? Um, Edison hardly any saves, but that's to be expected when you have got Diaz and Stones in front of him for most of the season. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a, a, a there's a lot of choice there. I'm still massively undecided, and it could end up being Dubravka. With me, it will be funds, um, because, as we're going to discover, um, there, there, are other, there are other players a bit further up the pitch to perhaps focus uh, funds on. Let's move up, up the pitch, defenders. Um, so what I've done is I've got my attacking defenders table up um, and uh, uh, I've got that sorted by chances created this is the last four matches and this shows that um, Luke Shaw who's not playing this week um, is still out on his own in terms of chance creation Alexander Arnold and Robertson yeah we know about them and they, 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 they're doing really well and look at the amount of corners they're getting loads of corners Alexander Arnold with six goal attempts as well um, Kufau at West Ham and Cresswell are the, are the, are the next best um, so Kufau is definitely someone I'm interested in for a cheap defender. Um, and then you're looking at the City options, Cancelo and Zinchenko in terms of chances created. I mean, if they, if you think they're going to start, they should start a couple um, out of the next three. Um, then you've got Dallas, five chances created. Luca Dean. I would love to have Luca Dean in my side. I just don't think I can afford him um, at 6.2. Aurier, um, still starting doing okay Wan-Bissaka at Manchester United not playing this week um, Loughton 4.4 he is um, if you need funds and you want um, a player from a team with good fixtures towards the end of the season I think Loughton is quite a good option and then you've got Coleman and Aspilicueta so yeah coming to you again Ben for this one um, some some of some Everton names in there but West Ham Dallas I mean there's a lot of familiar names there in terms of attacking defenders and I put these up because if you want to get a defender in now, especially if you're going to spend a hit, you're going to want them to, you know, get an assist or goal or as well as clean sheets. But who who are your sort of top defenders, Ben, that you'd recommend for the running? I, I think if you if you're wild carding now, then Trent and Dallas mm. are straight in. Yeah, just no issues. And most teams are only going to play three at the back, so there's kind of two thirds of your defense done that you can just be extremely comfortable with for the last three yeah and then i think it's kind of just almost who you fancy for the the third slot whether you double up on liverpool and go robertson as well um kufal and cresswell obviously they have the good fixtures i i, I prefer those over fabianski 
if you're looking at getting one of them. Um, I think Cresswell's sort of, his assists have dried up a bit, possibly, and it's more Kufal who seems to be doing, or in the last couple of games, who seems to have been closer to scoring or getting assists. But um, you, you can kind of never write off Cresswell's delivery. Um, so I, I, I'm, I am actually looking at um, both of those. City, for me, is just a no-go on defence. I mean, that, that's why I prefer Edison, because that I, I can't see any City defender playing all three games. Um, so it's just bringing in an unnecessary risk. And um, I do own Luca Dean, so he looks good for two of the games. Um, just that City game, uh, at home to City, he did get an assist when he hit the post. So there was kind of some attacking there. But... For last game of the season, I, I don't know whether I, I would even need Dean anyway, but at least if you have to play a defender against a good team, if they attack, take some corners, get some crosses in, you've always got that chance, even if you're kind of not really having a likely clean sheet. Um, or you could just, depending on your situation, if you've got three defenders for this game and you've got Shaw, you could even just keep Shaw for the last two. Because, man, you've got two nice fixtures yeah. the last two games. Um, so you don't even need to kind of push for all your players who are missing this week to go. Um, and then Regulon, I think, has got um, decent fixtures as well, good attacking output. Not sure if Ben Davis is injured for the rest of the season, but he's been out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's particularly going to come back. So I think Regulon's a good shout as well. Yeah, no, I think there's some some good choices there. Um, I'll just uh, a couple of community questions that we've got. I mean, I've already asked that one about you know three defenders to own for the season running, and F, that was from FPL Dwight Schrute. Um, and James asks who are the best Maguire replacements, um, and he's thinking of Trent for those with more, uh, Dallas for those for uh, want a similar price player, and Kufal for the for the uh, budget pick. And I'll, I'll agree with that really. If I had more. I've got Maguire. If I had more, I'd get Trenton. Um, Dallas is is probably the most sensible one to stick in that price range. And Kufal, if I need funds, um, Seb, what do you think for defenders? Sort of, who who are your your top three or so defenders for the season running? Ooh, my top three. So in this faux wildcard I put together, I've got Luca Dean, Stuart Dallas, Sufal, Alexander Arnold, and Shaw. So mm. if I had to pick three out of those, you're bent Shaw for a week. So maybe let's say you don't have him if you can't make transfers or something. Probably Dallas, Alexander-Arnold, and then maybe Sufel over mm-hmm. Dina. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's probably out of them. The interesting, looking at your table, the interesting thing on your table is ordering by chances created is obviously just a quality metric. Yeah. If we look at the XGI, expected uh, goal involvement mm-hmm. on the right-hand side, that gives us a bit of the yeah. uh, quality quality detail, in there over, over quantity. Um, and the really interesting comparison there is Sufal and Cresswell. Yeah. So they have the same number of chances created there with seven each. Sufal, however, has none of those from corners. Cresswell has eight, not chances, sorry, have no corners taken. Cresswell has eight corners mm. taken and very roughly has half the XGI of Sufal. Mm. So we know corners are generally quite a low quality chance. So some people might be pumping their numbers up there. Luke Shaw, although he has good XGI as well at a 0.93, so I think it's quite nice to find, like uh, like Ben mentioned there, he thought maybe Cresswell wasn't creating as good a chance as recently, but his numbers look similar to Souval. But if they're all coming from set pieces and Souval is creating those bigger chances in open play, maybe you target that one. And then with the West Ham defence, they've been missing Rice for 
what is it, maybe since game week 29 now, I think, which has probably had a big impact on their defence. I think they are third worst for XGC over the last three. So, so you really do need to attack, uh, target attacking defenders. Yeah, and another comparison as well is uh, Luca Dean and Coleman. Um, and Coleman was, was a player that I was very close to getting in last time um, out. But their expected goal involvement is pretty much the same. Um, so 0.58 for, for Luca Dean over the last four. And for Coleman, 0.51. Um, but in terms of chances created, broadly similar. Five for Luca Dean, four for Coleman. Yep, yeah, I mean Ben, it's it's what it's always that fear that he's not going to play. But is is Coleman nailed on now for for the rest of the season? Do you reckon? Uh, definitely not nailed. No. Um, <laughs> maybe likely to start three, um, because I don't think as well. Well, other than City. I don't think there's the fixture where we need to kind of look to play Holgate right back. Um, I don't think Godfrey is going to play right back anymore. I think he's he's locked in. The, the He's kind of our number one choice at centre-back now. Um, so, yeah, I think it's quite likely that Coleman plays three. I'd, I'd say at least two. Um, and, yeah, he's he's looked good. He, he kind of attacks with a bit more aggression than Dean. Um, more angled towards the box rather than Dean kind of holding wide a bit to get get balls in so he, he might he might be a good pick it might be one of those if you can't afford dean but you you really fancy you know attacking chef united as a fixture coleman might be a good way to go but i, th- I, I guess in in the price range though he is he is the same as kufal or sort of okay. slightly more expensive yeah. than kufal and he does look a much safer pick mm. um not just from game time but also how, how he's delivering I think it's because I, um, for me, and I imagine many other people be in this position, they just simply won't have a bench this week. So if I got Coleman in and this was the week he was benched annoyingly, that would be devastating. But I can afford to get him in if it was a normal game week. And I think other people might have that. So that puts a question mark there. Um, Good to see Dallas there, though, Seb. Um, Good to see a Leeds player. There, but I know you've been banging the Luke Ailing drum for a while. So is is oh, Ailing yeah. a, a sensible? I know he's not figuring up here in terms of chances created, but um, is he a good alternative? Good cheaper alternative? He's much cheaper than Dallas. Yeah, so he's what he's probably not uh, not much far off a million cheaper, not point eight or so. I think I've like you say I've been mentioning it for a little while because their numbers, their output vastly different. Luke Ailing has zero goals, zero assists. He had one goal ruled out. And he's had an assist ruled out earlier in the season too for uh, one of the Bamford ones. Dallas has two assists and eight goals. So even if their XGI was identical with nearly 38 games played, I think it's fair to say Dallas is at least a little bit more clinical or more lucky, but we don't care of an FPL, right? We'll take the Mm. ones that turn into goals. But for me, the difference now is also being pointed out in the expected numbers. So Dallas is on 4.71 for the season and... Uh, sorry, Dallas is on 6.1 and Ailing is on 4.71. So while they were very close in the fours earlier, Dallas has pulled away. So if you can afford it, it's always been Dallas. It still is Dallas. And he's played on the right wing recently and still scored a goal from there. Okay. I expect him to go back to centre mid now that Rafinha's back. Okay, so um, if, if other people in my position with uh, as owning Maguire, um, then it is, it is budget dependent really um, but as you can see across all the different price ranges there's some really good options from West Ham Everton Leeds and Liverpool as well depending on your budget um, I've got Phillips at the moment he's pretty nailed on in Liverpool to start nice. as well so if you're really desperate for money these are 
he's four point nothing defender plays for Liverpool with three great fixtures so um, you know one to get really um, would it be fair to say that um, with like you know a few decent fixtures that we've called out here maybe the way to look at it and this is going to depend on your team of course if you've only got a couple of transfers there's not that much you can do but you possibly target defenders and goalkeepers that are a bit different from one another and we were talking about our goalkeeper I might end up on the goalkeeper that I can't get a defender from or I prefer, or the opposite yeah. of what I prefer, the defensive options. Because the thing I'm not going to get from my goalkeeper, apart from Hey Edison, is those attacking returns. So if I can get attacking returns from Sufal, maybe I don't choose Fabianski. If I can get Dallas, maybe I don't choose Melier. Yeah. So maybe, again, I do end up on one of those Dubravkas or someone like that who I just yeah. don't want one of their defenders. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, Dubravka is... I don't know. I mean, I've got Chris Wood in my team, so why not Dubravka? So um, let's move... <laughs> Let's move on to midfielders. Um, so yeah, this is this is where hopefully some points will be racked up. So this is once again last four matches um, expected goal involvement. Um, Salah on uh, at the top, and you know in a world of his own, um, he scored two goals last four. He's expected in goal involvement, including assists, um, is three point six one. Fifteen shots inside the box, and he's created six chances as well. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, um, he's doing well this week. Um, when he's been on the pitch <laughs> and um, you know he's up there as well expected goal involvement of 2.58 then De Bruyne um, so if he is fit again he's playing Newcastle next so 2.45 for his expected goal involvement in the last four Diogo Jota interestingly is still quite high up there he's still putting in the stats 15 shots inside the box Aubameyang Rafinha Pereira see these are very familiar names over the last couple of matches um uh, Pereira a 5.4 down and out West Brom uh, Mane still putting in the, in the great figures really shots inside the box 10 uh, shots on target a bit low with 4 but he's created 7 chances so a spread of points there Son doing well uh, Pulisic Mason Greenwood Sterling Mares, and St Maximin I think St Maximin is interesting possibly possibly he might get a return against City but it's more likely you're looking at Sheffield United and Fulham I think Newcastle could be quite, I mean, so annoying with Callum Wilson out, but I still think there could be some value there as well. Got a, got a few questions uh, on uh, midfielders. F, um, uh, this is uh, FPL Wires, late riser. Um, are Seb in particular, would you go for Rafina or Bamford? Only one. Um, and he's he's got a free hit in 36 for, to consider, but that question applies if you're getting them in for three weeks. Uh, Vishnaz, are City midfielders like Mares and Foden great differential options? Uh, Dan Wright, who needs to go first, Jota or Lingard? Well, the stats on the screen indicate Lingard because he doesn't figure um, and his stats are dropped off a cliff, whereas Jota's are still maintaining good stats. Uh, Dan, uh, yeah, that was Dan Wright. Uh, Mac asks, uh, can you pick the best two mids, uh, Foden, Mares, Rafina, Greenwood and Lingard for the run-in? And FPL Militant asks, is it worth replacing Bruno, who doesn't have a fixture? Um, and if so, who for? So if you get rid of Bruno, be aware that in game week 37, they're at home in front of fans to Fulham. So that might be a move you want to reverse. And do you really want to revert? Do the do the hokey cokey? I don't know. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll come to you for this time uh, uh, first, Seb. In terms of midfielders, so I mean, you've been asked a specific question here, so you can only pick one of Rafinha or Bamford. Which which do you go for? If I can only have one, Rafinha, for two reasons. The first one is a very boring FPL reason, which is I think I can get other better strikers 
whereas Rafina is probably one of the better midfielders. So if I could only have one of them, I pick the one where the other options are poorer for me. Also, Rafina's numbers are slightly better across the categories. So Rafina, 2.82 in the last six XGI, whereas Bamford, I think, is just over two. Although on your table, which we'll see in the uh, next position category, Bamford has improved that in the last four, weighs on like 1.7 or so. So clearly, in the two-match difference in our samples, he performed very poorly. So he's coming back into it a bit more, but I would go with Rafina. Okay. Um, so yeah, what else? But who else in midfield would you go for? You know, so you say you're on a wild card now. With, I mean, you've been doing a cool mock-up wild card. Yeah. So who who is who is in your midfield for the season running? So for the for the mock-up wild card, which you know it's proper, just looking at it with a few moments. But I went with Foden and Mares because Man City fixtures, because I think they'll play because they have decent enough numbers. Come back to Mares in a second though. Uh, Gareth Bale, but maybe I'm just jealous of the hat trick he scored. Mo Salah, because good fixtures, obviously good numbers, it's Mo Salah and Golden Boot. And Rafina, I mentioned him. So that would be my five. Obviously, when we get to the end of this, I'll have too many players. I'd have to pick a bench. Someone I've not got there, who has just scored against Chelsea tonight, is Smith Rowe. He has scored a goal in both of the double game week matches. And I bet he's on a lot of people's benches this week. And possibly not getting on the pitch, which would be unfortunate. But Arsenal's fixtures, after the blank, aren't terrible. It's Crystal Palace away and Brighton at home. So maybe you don't go for Smith Rowe himself, but maybe Aubameyang, who has assisted Smith Rowe tonight, I believe, is someone you look at. Maybe he's a bit expensive with us looking at people like Salah, uh, Bruno Fernandes, maybe a maybe a KDB. But it's worth it if you're looking for that differential shot, perhaps. On Mahrez, then, who is probably the Man City option I prefer the most, you've got the numbers up there, mm-hmm. and his XGI is decent in your sample, 1.59, I think, with a couple of goals. Mm-hmm. What really stands out for me, though, and won't show up on our stats here, is that as we know with City, they've been playing the stronger team in the Champions League. In the Champions League, if we go back to the Dortmund matches, Mares got an assist and scored a penalty in either of those legs. He then scored three goals over two legs against PSG. So he does appear to be in Man City's strongest lineup, and he's really performing in their strongest lineup. So if we think they're going to, you know, give or take, go for their best team in these last few matches, it looks like he'll get his start. And at the moment, really is putting in the performances. So at what, two million, three million cheaper than De Bruyne? I'd be really tempted by him. Mm. I think if I was on a wild card now or free hit, Mahrez would be in and I would be tempted to put the armband on him as well um, because I think he will get the Newcastle game. I think they need minutes under their belt for the fi- ahead of the final. Plus, I think they'll get. I think game week 38 team will be somewhere near what you're going to get in the final. And I think if you're going to see any rotation, it'll be game week 37. So I think you, I think you're going to get two starts out of Mahrez, and he's so explosive. I had him towards the end of last season. He's great. I mean, you know, you think, oh, oh he's you know not on the team sheet, or he's a, a sub, but when he does play, even if he comes on, it's fantastic because he's he's so involved. Yeah. He's so good. That, all, that always feels like one of those cliches where oh, he can score off the bench. And I think if you actually look into that, most players who we think can score off the bench hardly ever do because it's hard to score off the yeah, bench. He does. That being said, I swear Mares does. I yeah. like you. I had him at the end of last season, and I'm pretty sure there was a match where he came on, came on, and got two attacking involvements yeah, yeah, or something. It was in about the last game minutes. of the season. Because oh, there we go. Then, I yeah. had I had him in my team, and I was thinking, I was thinking, oh, this isn't going well. And then way. Um, <laughs> so his price as well. Um, yeah. I was surprised to see that it's only eight mil because mm. I've not I've not been looking at him in recent weeks um, or, or for quite quite a long time really. And I was expecting it to be up near nine mil, like eight eight or something like that. And so when it was only eight mil, and I've got like seven point two in Madison, and it, it's just sort of it, 
it's hardly much more to get up to him. And he, even Zahar is uh, probably 7-1, seven, 7-2 seven, yeah. or something like that. It's not much more to get Mares mm. where it, it wouldn't surprise you if he had a hat-trick in him before the season's out like he, he's on form and when he's on form then he he's there for goals he's he's that nice amount of greedy where he get he gets into the box and he just wants to shoot himself that's that's his number one he'll, he'll pass it if he has to but he wants to score so often when you say that so often when i've owned like an aguero or de bruyne or something mares gets the ball cuts inside and i'm like yes please square it across and he tweets another player, he takes a shot. You know, often he scores. But the amount of times I think there was a goal there for my player and you could have had an assist, but he's taken it on himself. But if you own Mars, that's exactly what you want, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think, especially like comparing to, to De Bruyne as well, um, if they're going to get similar minutes, the, the extra three mil or three and a half mil, I think Mares is, is the one. It, it, would be, it would be harder to get Mares if. Um, there was more of the season left. And so you're kind of thinking, I'm getting him in, but I'm just going to need to take him out in a few weeks because I'm going to realise he's rotation. The fact that any transfers you're making now are done sort of thing. You're going to leave him in for the whole time. It makes it a lot easier to get Mahrez. He does feel like one of those players where, you know, when Son, when he used to Kane, got injured, Son went up front and that's when you jumped on Son. Mahrez, like you say there, it feels like we can identify those little patches where he'll get picked and play well. And if one of them ends with the season ending, like you say, so you don't have to worry about getting rid of him, it feels like a good opportunity. Um, it's just pointed out in the live chat as well from a regular post to Historia Films Kenya um, that uh, Mares lately um, doesn't get doesn't come off the bench. He actually he either plays, he either starts, or that's it. So if you have a, a good first sub, and this is perhaps not the week to have a good first sub because it's a blank fixture, but if you are lucky enough to have a good first sub, Mares is great to get in because if he starts, you're probably going to get returns. Otherwise, you've got to hope your first sub comes on because, um, you know, he will remain on the bench. And it's a good point there. Um, and there's lots of times, you know, across last... I mean, rotation has been quite strong the last few years, obviously, for the big big teams. And uh, so many times I've got points from my first sub. Um, and so many times people have gone, oh, I've left so-and-so on the bench and... Well, Andy, get a player in, a rotation risk who's explosive like Mara's in, and that's problem solved. Um, so, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of options here, a lot of price ranges as well. What about yeah. Fernandez? Taking Fernandez out, though. Um, is that- so, I mean, if, if, if that's directed at me, I was just going to say Man United are kind of an obvious one. I guess you get to a point where they do blank next. If you have, say, Shaw Greenwood and Fernandez in your team, that's your whole bench there. So maybe you have to against one of them at some point but yeah if it's just the last two fixtures Fernandez is near the top for the involvement maybe not quite the returns but they're good fixtures yeah fair enough mm. what, what do you reckon Ben because you got Fernandez you uh, I mean I, yeah, I know I'm, you're all right for next week but you know would you recommend getting rid of him I, I, it, it's not something I've, I've considered really um it, it's kind of it can be too painful not having him and I mean it's for it's only for sort of three games he's going to play two unless you're really struggling for 11 players next week and you could really do with that money to spread out across whether you're taking like a minus four or minus eight or something then maybe you have to do it and it's for the greater good over the three but I think if you're not in that much trouble next week I'd have thought there's other players who a higher priority to take out um, who are kind of more likely to get two points 
in the next few games rather than Fernandez, who you are risking taking someone out who might get 15 or something like that. Definitely. Um, just before we move on to the forwards, I just want to mention on the midfielders, because um, those specific questions about Jota and Lingard. Um, so I did I did um, um, a quick look at their, their stats over the last four. And in terms of expected goal involvement, Jota is obviously on 2.29. Um, he, he figures up on our table there on the screen. And Lingard, around half that, 1.32. Um, Lingard's had three shots inside the box. Jota's had 15, same period here. Um, chances created for Lingard, three. So Lingard's taking a more of a deeper creative role. Um, but what's interesting, I tried to find... Um, a player under under the price of seven million in, in midfield, who had a higher XGI um, than Jota, and I could only find one, and that was Martinelli at Arsenal. So I think if you are if you are looking to move um, Jota on, uh, I wouldn't recommend it because his stats are still strong. But if you were looking to move Jota or Lingard on, Martinelli is the only one that for that for, who's for a less price who's possibly could get more but otherwise I think you've got to spend more really and I think you're looking at some of these other players the obvious replacement if you don't have them is probably Rafina. Um, Seb what do you, is Rafina going to start because he he came on got an assist but it was um, it was still pointed out that he wasn't quite fit enough so do you think he's going to be fit enough to start now is it worth getting him in I would expect him to, but I wouldn't say it's 100% certain. Oh. Bielsa did say he wasn't quite fit enough to start. But then, as you mentioned, the assist there, you know, he looked he looked pretty good on that breakaway yeah. to me. So maybe he just couldn't quite do that for 90 minutes. So I would expect him to start and come in. But I think we should have benches to cover it. And if he comes off the bench, we've just spoken about yeah. it, he could get some points. And Bielsa does make early changes. So there's every chance you get half an hour out of him as opposed to 10 minutes so or something. I was quite worried by Lingard's stats. I've well, we're going to move on to forwards in a sec. I'm very interested in Antonio. Getting Antonio in for West Ham's fixtures means that I can then move on Lingard, and Rafino is the top choice. And of course, I'll know then whether he's you know up and at him. Um, so Maximum is, is another player, a midfielder I'm potentially looking at in terms of upside. Not for the City fixture, but for the final two fixtures, I think that we could get some joy there. Um, good difference. Would you look at Pereira? And Pereira, the the only the only my only caveat with with Pereira with West Brom is I don't know um, how I mean this is new territory for Allardyce getting getting relegated. I don't know what we're going to see from West Brom. Are they just going to reel out loads of children um, to prepare for the championship? Is Pereira going to just say, "Hey, shop window time, look look at me, aren't I fabulous?" Or are they just going to roll over? I, I don't know what to. I just, and and when I don't know. It's, it's difficult, especially with so few transfers um, to make. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a player I've coveted all season and never owned and really wish I had. Um, so let's move on to forwards. I've already mentioned one. Just one sorry. Yeah. No, sorry, I just wanted to pop one more in, if I if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it's useful to people. You mentioned Martinelli, which made me think of it. Uh-huh. He obviously isn't playing tonight, but has some great numbers over the last little while mm-hmm. in as a replacement for Jota. The thing with Jota that may have frustrated a few people, other than missing those chances, is I think he was dropped from that Man United match that got postponed, right? Mm. If he isn't in the lineup again, would you maybe say he's had his rest, he's had his rotation, and we could see him more for the last few? Mm. So I'd be a little more confident in his minutes, and we'll know before the deadline comes, if he doesn't start this week, 
because it seems that Klopp over the last few weeks, messed up a bit by the postponed fixture, had just been taking it in turns to rest his forwards. I, I guess the only thing on that is if Firmino does well, more him than the others, or even just Man uh, Liverpool attack well. And it's kind of like, right, the front three did really well and against Man U, let's keep it at that for the next game. If, if they almost do too well, you'd be less confident about Jota starting. But um, if it's kind of one of those where Firmino hasn't really been on it again, 60 minutes comes along, he goes off, then I think he's definitely in line for a start. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely keeping Jota. Lingard's the one I, I think can move on. Um, I just may run out of time and transfers. He may just stay. If so, I think he's, he's, he's getting towards first bench material at the moment, even with those fixtures. But let's see. Let's see um, if he improves. Just in the live chat, um, Paris Chand... Um, has asked me to shout his name out. Um, Paris Chand. Um, so there we go. Um, let's move on to forwards. Um, so I mentioned Antonio. I've got a picture of him here looking looking fabulous and just after scoring. Um, so what this is, last four, these table I've got up on the screen, last four matches, uh, expected goals I've actually uh, for, um, done this by because obviously this is this is their bread and butter. Um Chris Wood at the top there. Um, ten shots inside the box, nine on target. Incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, he's been he's been great. Um, but looking at the fixtures, so you've got Burnley have got Leeds up next. Yeah, it's possible we could score there. Then Liverpool, well, you know, could score, but it's not a great fixture. And then Sheffield United to round off the season. So I think realistically, if I didn't own Chris Wood, I think he's a great player to get in and a differential captain for game week 38. But I'm not sure out of those other options, he's the best player for the next three. That's my thoughts on it. Antonio, 12 shots inside the box. is only three on target though. But um, 6.4, he is currently leading the race to replace Iheanacho for me. Benteke is up there, talking about unfashionable players. Um, back of another great goal run there 14 shots inside the box overlooked because no one wants to unfashionable for people but um, I know Tom who got the assist got him in well done Tom um, and uh, a few other managers did as well ignored the fashionability of players and just got him in for the points um, Aguero's doing okay shot nine shots inside the box six on target um, should he start Harry Kane we all know about um, he's rather good um, I saw flashes of the old Harry Kane in the last match. He almost scored uh, twice, hit the bar. And of course, the disallowed goal was really marginally close. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, that basically just cancels the goal scored. Yeah, that's, 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 I know that, it was against us, yeah. but in terms of what he did for what we need for the yeah. future, he scored a goal. Yeah, yeah. That's ba- basically, that was Harry Kane pretty much doing what Harry Kane does. Dwight Gale is still knocking around in there. 5.9, Callum Wilson's out. There we go. Unfashionable. Uh, Danny Ings, nine shots inside the box, six on target, doing Danny Ings, doing Danny Ings things. Calvert-Lewin, um, he's a bit lower down than some of the others. Um, he scored a couple of goals, though. Had seven shots inside the box, five of those on target. Expected goals is 1.79, so it's a bit below the likes of, say, Chris Wood or Antonio. But nevertheless, he's got Sheffield United up next. And then there's Bamford, so improving figures there. Seven shots inside the box, just three on target. Same as Antonio. Um, his expected goals are much lower than Antonio's there. But um, so all, all good options here. And they're all pretty, I mean, apart from the likes of Kane and Aguero, they're really, um, 
uh, really good value. So, um, Ben, who who would your your sort of top choice strikers be? And and would Calvert is Calvert Lewin a, a must with Sheffield United up next? I I think it's nice if you brought him in for the double to just have that straight mm-hmm. off. Um, if you're bringing him in that in now, it always feels like a bit of a game week too late. Not not particularly too late, but you've you've missed the boat a little bit. Um, Sheffield United should be a good fixture for him. Um, it, it's kind of a good fixture for everyone. There is the difficulty that it's at home for us and we've not done well at home. It's also possibly the teams that sit back, mm. we've struggled to break down. We definitely prefer it when teams come on to us and we have the space in behind. Um, but if they they are kind of sitting back a lot, Calvert-Lewin's one of the best headers in the league and it should allow us to get crosses from high up. I'm not sure if Hammers is going to play um, as our best crosser, passer, chance creator. It's, it's better to have Calvert-Lewin in if Hammers is playing. Um, but even without Chef United's as good as fixtures you can get. Um, I, I was a bit surprised in general with the forwards because I didn't think there were particularly that many that I was interested in. But then when I started looking, there was actually quite a few that I wouldn't mind taking a punt on. Um, from now to the end of the season, so the sort of the the obvious ones, kind of uh, Bamford and Antonio going on yeah. fixtures and form throughout the season. Um, but with Ings back, I don't know if he's worth uh, a little mm-hmm. shout. I mean, he even just before he got injured, he had got two goals and assist in three games. He's just come back, got two goals, and I don't know if there's there's going to be kind of a a late England push for him. Um, he's he's one of a number of players playing with motivation at least, which I think is one of the factors at this point in the season is what teams and what players have the highest motivation and who's given up for the season. And so he's possibly got something to go for. And um, like Leeds is one of his fixtures who you sort of think some some of their risky passing at the back. Ings is the type of player who will take advantage of that. Um, so he's kind of a surprising one that I, I've just looked at. Um, Aguero is someone who I think people were shouting about quite a lot until he missed that penalty but he's he's still in with a shout at some point so I don't think that's, that means he's not going to play again or anything um, it wouldn't even surprise me if, if they get a penalty again if he steps up to take it if, if he's kind of said alright ne- next time I promise I'll just smash it in like, <laughs> like I have done in the past um, and then I even had a, a little look at Werner um, so someone who's who's hurt me this season. I, I kept hold off too long, and I even had him in twice. Um, he's, he's not playing tonight, and Chelsea are struggling according to the scoreline. So I don't know if that means that it's more likely that he's going to play um, more of the next next games. But he's got a lot of assists, and the the goal against Real Madrid has maybe given him a confidence boost. Mm. Chelsea do seem a lot better with him in the team. He might be worth one final little punt on, um, if if you've got the money. Albeit he is more expensive than the safer options of Bamford and Antonio. And then um, my thoughts are on Ward as like the first one that you mentioned and that mm. you've been able to get get points off. He's sort of one of those where I've just got a blank against Burnley attacking players. As like the last why, few weeks, unfashionable I, players. I just don't don't look there for for goals, um, but in saying that, last three weeks, I think. It, it it is Leeds the perfect fixture for him, given their troubles on set pieces. 
um, this season. I don't know if it's if they've kind of got better as the season's gone on, but up, up to de- definitely kind of the halfway point in the season, then they were they were terrible on set pieces, and Chris Wood is mm. was huge in he so he would yeah. uh, he, he would be liking that. Yeah. No, I mean that... ex 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 Leeds Chris Wood. And ex-Brighton, he's ex he's ex everyone. <laughs> We've all had a bit of Chris Wood in our time. The um looking at uh expected goals as well, Chris Wood is up there. But I actually think if if I in a perfect world, if I had Calvert Lewin now, or I had the money to get Calvert Lewin in, I'll get Calvert Lewin next two and move him on to Chris Wood for the final match. And I think that's that's a perfect yep. Way and um, with Com- Comrade in the community questions asked uh, the best forward for the run in um, could be to target Sheffield United defence um, and uh, so yeah he's looking at um, Calvert Lewin and then he mentions Chris Wood as well he also mentioned and well I think I mentioned it I don't I'm not going to put words in his mouth Joe Ellington could be Dwight Gale as well so if you're going to target the Sheffield United defence. This could be this could be Joe Ellington's moment. Joe, you need to bring Dwight Gale in after the last couple I, of weeks I, of our, you know, unfashionable assets. I think Cherry I'm on top, well, you bring Dwight against, Gale in, he scores a hat. If I have the transfer, to transfer. But it, that's what I mean. In an ideal world, Calvert Lewin next two, then move on to Chris Wood. You've you've targeted two Sheffield United ones and you've got two good Calvert Lewin fixtures. There. Are you likely to have other transfers to do though? Like, oh, I, I, if you, if you bring I, in someone in now, yeah. is it not more? You leave them. Yeah, it, it, that's what I mean. In an ideal world, and I don't, the ideal world doesn't exist. But if if I if if I had the perfect setup that I want at the moment, then it would be Calvert Lewin to Chris Wood. Just it's a nice symmetry there, and it's an easy move to do. Final game. Um, but yeah, I think Antonio for for me is gonna is gonna work. But but Bamford, I'm not sure about so because I've got Ian Acho. I'm gonna move on. Leicester have got terrible fixtures. So I mean, going back to those season fixtures. Uh, the fixtures for the running Leicester rock bottom there you know nothing then Chelsea then Tottenham I mean it's just abandoned Leicester basically um, so I'm I'm definitely in the market there um, it's FPLT asked a question about that who the best placements for Leicester strikers um, so, so Seb what, what do you think um, particularly in that price range there and particularly with Bamford in mind in comparison to the likes of Chris Wood Antonio um, and some of those other options like perhaps uh, Calvert-Lewin if you've got a bit more money I mean, I think you've covered a lot of it there wonderfully. I think there's a pretty clear strategy with the forwards. You get Harry Kane, you've probably got him. If you don't, you look into that. And then you've got a few, a few to select from to support him. My preference would be Calvert-Lewin now, Antonio for all three. And then you can do the Calvert-Lewin to Bamford, Wood, whoever you like, move if you yeah. must. Ben makes a good point about transfers, but yeah. maybe if you've set up the rest of your team for the three, you can afford that one luxury one. With, of course, one weather eye on the last game of the season. There are fans there, so so maybe it is strong teams. But we've seen in the past, that last game, nothing to play for. There are selection surprises sometimes. On Antonio, you highlighted, and just to say he's probably, outside of Kane, my favourite forward for FPL in the league when he's fit. You highlighted his poor shots on target to shots inside the box ratio there. It's about, what, 25%? Kane's is 33%. So clearly shows that a good player in a small sample size can underperform. Over the season, Antonio has the best minutes per XGI of all players that play regularly, all forwards that play regularly. He is just ahead of Ian and Vardy and Kane. The Leicester boys there, fixtures drop off, as you mentioned. But to see if finishing was actually a problem for him, I had a look at a look at his XG over his time at West Ham. Now, of course, some of that is with him playing right wing back and all that, but it shouldn't affect his finishing, only how many shots he gets. He has never 
overperformed his XG. He has always underperformed it. Not massively. I think two years ago, he had about, I think it was 11.4 with penalties. So say 10.6 or so without penalties. And he scored nine goals, something like that. So it's close, but it's always just under. So I would say based on a super small sample size here, his finishing is a little less good than usual. And usually it's just under average, but if he's getting the chances, I would expect him to pick that up. So any concerns on him are allayed for me. So as I said, I add Kane, I add Calvert-Lewin, I probably make a transfer. And if you want to be super different, I think Danny Ings is there for you. Chris Wood is there for you. Uh, Benteke, if you must. So maybe the question then just becomes, who do your mini league, uh, mini league rivals have? And do yeah. you need to be different yeah. or can you just solid that lead? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty resigned to Antonio. I just think for me, my setup, the money I have, um, I just see he looks perfect because I can have him for, the, for those three fixtures. Um, rather with Calvert-Lewin is good for two, Chris Wood's good for, definitely good for one, uh, Dwight Gale's obviously good for all three, and Danny Ings, um, you know, Patchy, Bamford, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not fully on, <laughs> because Rafina is, is, I think, a better option in FPL terms, um, yeah. whereas, um, say with Chris Wood, um, he is the best attacking option for Burnley, um, and the, the same with Antonio at the moment, especially with Lingard dropping off, um, so yeah, we, we, you, you mentioned the question earlier about Bamford or Rafina. Mm. Just to come back to that, I think Rafina might be my third, fourth favourite pick for midfield, mm. whereas Bamford could easily be fourth or fifth for striker. Which is why I would go Rafina because I can get better strikers, I think, than Bamford. What do you think about Rafina? Because he's not very good with the double-digit hauls in FPL, but he's a really regular scorer. Um, but this this season, he's you know really low. Hopefully, still on my midfield. Um, yeah, so he's 5.4 at the moment. Um, next season, he's going to be more. <clears throat> he's going to be, what, yeah. seven and a half, yeah. maybe? Um, Ooh, I, don't, I don't know, yeah. Eight? Certainly, if, certainly a bit more. Certainly that a bit seems more. maybe steep. Is he going to be worth Is he going to be worth getting, considering he's sort of a steady Eddie scorer, but not an explosive one, do you think? It's season? not too dissimilar from Madison, how he's been yeah. in, in the past. He, he's kind of been steady and he, he's been then around the seven seven mm. and a half mil I, I'd think he'd be around that price yeah. I don't think he'd be as high as eight no seven and um, but, but still someone who I'd look at at that price if, if Leeds had a decent yeah. run at the start of the season I mean, then I, mean, I, I, I think I'd, I'd, take, I'd, I'd be on Rafinha I'd take five to six points every week for a player on average if they're around seven million but I just wondered uh, I, I just wondered if the expectation is if he's that more expensive people will think oh Rafina, he's going to get me 12 points every week and that hasn't been the case so far I think with him that there's potential for him to, to get that like he, he seems to have got better as the season's yeah. gone on and so if you like continue that up next season then he could have a great season and there have been games where he's put a few chances like a number of chances on the plate for people and they've been missing um, and you, you're like, he could have had two, three assists in that. So he's missed out on a few double yeah. digits just from um, people missing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd have to think a little more deeply about it, but I wonder at what point is double digit haul and single digit haul just variants? Yeah, yeah, nine or ten, so, you know, it's nothing. I mean, yeah, exactly. He's got eight quite a few times. He's got 13 once, which is his only double digit. Mm. But how many times, you know, he's got an assist or a goal, if, as Ben said, someone just tucks away that chance, it's suddenly 15 if he gets mm. bonus. And we're not asking it anymore. You know, he's only got one double-digit haul. Does he have to get two, three more? And you stop asking that question. Well, I think it's more... It's, it's quite a, a fine line. I, I, th- I mean, ultimately, with any player you get in, you want to get that rare 20-pointer. Um, 
And so if they're if they're getting regularly, like say Mares for example, or Sterling in the past, getting fifteen points every now and again, you know they they're capable of a twenty pointer like Kane or Son. But is Rafinha in that bracket yet? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. You know, some of, some of my favourite players are the like David Silva, Juan Mata from back mm. in the day when they would just get eight yeah. or nine every yeah. week. So people didn't spot them. But at the end of the season, they had the same number of points as someone who got 15 one week yeah. and zero the next. Mason Mount is is the current one. Yeah, quite possible. Yeah. Ben, ben well, sorry, I interrupted you there. So please. I know. I, I, was, I was basically going to say the, the similar sort of point where if you're looking over a mm. six, seven game week period, if you end up on 40 points, it doesn't really matter if you scored loads of those in two weeks. Yeah. All, all as you would say on him is you probably wouldn't ever captain him. Yeah. If he's only if he's only looking that low, but for the price he's going to be, then yeah. you wouldn't really be looking that anyway. Um, so yeah, it's more the total points that are, are more important. Okay, let's move on to um, differentials. Um, so it's Ben's turn. So we've had Inacho was a good one uh, recently. Um, Sigurdsson we've had um, many times. Um, so please don't pick Sigurdsson again. Um, and Lacazette, um, who knows? Jury's out on him. Still got some matches to go for that. So, Ben, yeah, who is the best low-owned 5% or under gem for the season running? So, I did go straight to Leeds Ooh. and um, start looking at what was going on there. Unfortunately, Rafinha ticked over to 5.1. Um, but going for him as a differential would feel like a bit mm. of a cheat. Yeah. Um, because it's only because he's been injured. So, I looked at Alioski as a as possible shout uh, whenever I watch Leeds he seems to get forward a bit and have a few mm. assist chances but when I looked at total points then Jack Harrison mm. um, seven goals seven assists 3.2 percent owned um, yeah I, th- yeah. I think he's a, he's a good shout he's the one. Um, un- unfortunately it's not particularly someone I'm gonna go for given he's probably my maybe fourth or fifth choice Leeds player. Mm. Um, but if you did just want to go for someone a bit outside the box, then um, he's got goals and assists in him. Three good fixtures. Yeah, no, like someone we mentioned a few times. Um, we weren't sure recently. It's, it's good stats with Rafina being out. He's taken a lot of those roles, but he still looked great. He's looked great all season, hasn't he? Um, so yeah, Seb, do you approve of the Harrison differential shout? That's a Leeds player, of course I, of course I agree. <laughs> but I, th- I think Ben makes a good point. You, Just looking at some of the stats here, his XGI for the season is 10.28, which is decent. If, for example, Brighton had some great fixtures, you can't find a midfielder with stats that good. You'd have to go to Trossard with 10.12. So Harrison, on his own, is a great pick. But as Ben said, you'll probably go Bamford, Rafina, Dallas, maybe even another defender or a goalkeeper before you get to him. So it's probably one of those where you go, my mini-league ri- rival has... Rafina, Bamford and Dallas and I'm 10 points behind I just have to gamble maybe that's when you go for it hey that's a differential right it, it's maybe a good draft pick yeah no nice, I, I, nice. I think that's a good chance good if I um, need the money because he's a bit he's a bit cheaper isn't he um, than Rafina slightly I think um, so uh, he is 5.4 and Rafina is 5.4 oh. oh okay he's the same price now okay um, but uh, yeah nevertheless yeah I think he's a good option um Let's move on to uh, transfer and captaincy plans. Uh, so I'll go first. So this is me. So I'm a little bit down. <laughs> um, so hopefully the bench boost will sort of bolster my rank up a little bit because I think I might get a red arrow or green arrow. But let's see. 
I'm going to have to take hits. Um, I've currently got Forster or Mendy in goal, so neither of them are going to play. So I've got no goalkeeper. Um, I've got uh, Joe Ward, I don't mind. Um, Phillips for Liverpool. And then Salah, Lingard, Jota and Son. Up front, I've got Chris Wood, Harry Kane. I potentially got Veltman at Brighton. I'm not sure I want to play him anyway, but I potentially got him. I'm keeping Fernandes and Shaw on the bench. So the way I'm set up at the moment is I've got Iheanacho, Maguire and um, uh, and Mendy on the bench there. But Maguire, Iheanacho and Mendy are the ones I'm looking to remove. So it's a question of what I can do with that. Um, Iheanacho to Antonio is what I'm thinking. Maguire possibly to Dallas, uh, possibly to Kufal. And then... It's whatever I've got left, I'm going to get a goalkeeper in. Because I'm not going to have a goalkeeper, so I could go in with just 10 or none. But I actually, if I thought that either of my goalkeepers was nailed on for the, for the remaining fixtures after um, the coming game week, then 37 and 38, I'll be fine. But every week, I would think with Mendy, is Kepa going to play? Every week with Forster, I'm going to think, is McCarthy going to play? So, I mean, I could just save myself the headache. If I've only got, if I'm short on funds, I might go Forster to, and McCarthy as a double up. Um, but yeah, it's just whatever I've got, really. That's why the likes of Meslier, Pickford is all in my, my thoughts, because I'm, I'm probably going to have less than five million there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the idea of Antonio. And I think it's D- Dallas or Kufa. I just, I just don't think you can go wrong with them for the next three fixtures. Um, the only problem with Dallas this week I mean although his goal threat there um, I, if he gets a clean sheet I'm not getting Chris Wood points if Chris Wood scores then Dallas and you know attacker v defender and I don't kind of like that especially in a limited limited fixture week so I think I might go for someone like Kufal this time around Guess, is that that's an interesting way of thinking of it though because mm. I'm always I always flip-flop between these two things because yeah if you think one team is going to do something to nil or whatever of course, you double up on the side that's going to mm. yield you points. But if individually you think both those players have a good chance of returning points, then playing against each other shouldn't necessarily affect your decision making. I, it's, it's one of those. I think, I think with so Chris Wood and Dallas, Chris Wood scores, gets six points, Dallas gets two, eight points. Um, Dallas keeps a clean sheet, Chris Wood doesn't score, it's eight points. So I'm looking at four points each, which is, which is great. But with only three fixtures left, I kind of want a bit more, which is why Dallas is still okay because he's got goals in him. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I, I don't, I don't hate that getting Dallas in against that. But that's why I wouldn't get, for example, Luke Ayling or Alioski or because I'd be or Meslier. That's why I'm not. I've got to admit, I'm not looking at Meslier for this week because I don't like Chris Wood against Meslier. I, I guess you've kind of answered my question yeah. then, Ben. And so you're you're saying I think Burnley score. Mm. Therefore, if I have a Leeds defender, I'm going to need a goal from them. So not Ailing, yeah. not Alioski, not Melia. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, so looking at, so I don't have any Villa attackers. So Joel Ward's fine for me. Uh, Phillips at, at Liverpool. I don't have any West Brom. Um, so whoever I get in, I, I with a limited fixture, I don't really want defender v attack. I, I I want to try and potentially maximise as many points as I can, um, especially because I probably might I, I'll probably be on a minus eight. Um, so I'm I'm currently. Uh, 15 points from the top 50k and I'm also about 15 points from the top 100k so I'm sort of in the middle there so 
it depends if I can use that eight points wisely for the season running. I don't mind doing that, but I'm not going to be starting to take hits game week 37 and 38 because I just want I want to try and maximise that value from that hit now. Mate, if you if you finish top 50k after worrying about finishing top 100k though, which you've never finished outside of, that's a pretty decent turnaround. Oh, I was inside. I think game week 17 or 18, I was outside the top million, and I've been sub 4 million as well this season so this this will weirdly whatever i end up around the if i end up around the 100k mark it will be one of my best seasons in terms of the achievement of going from rock bottom to higher up rather than previous seasons where i've mainly i think last season i hovered between 50 and 100k for for like all season (laughs) it was just i i just couldn't get any better or any worse and it was just it, it didn't really um, excite me. Whereas this season has been quite exciting. Um, but um, yeah, let's move on to Ben's team. Um, so you're, you're really well set up, actually. Do you want to run through your, your team and, and tell me any yeah. sort of transfer or captaincy plans? Yeah, so I've got Mendy and goal and McGill on the bench. So I've got no keeper for next week, which is where um, I, I will get a keeper. Mm. And it's probably going to be Edison, just from sort of thinking out loud earlier um defense of dean regulon target and strike um quite happy with that although i do moving on into the midfield have the target and zahar playing each other which maybe you kind of shouldn't think like that but it it is always nice to feel like everyone can return in your team um although target does have attacking returns um Zahar, Lingard, Son, and then uh, neither Madison and Fernandez play. And then up front, I've got Kane and Richarlison. So my thoughts are Mendy and Madison will go. I'm not in a rush to get rid of Inacho because I can field 11 without getting yeah. rid of him. And his form's so good. It might it might not be that bad having him the last two. Um, I'm, not, I'm possibly not in a rush. Um, for Madison, my, my number one pick was Rafinha. Um, just he, he's going to get more points than Madison, yeah. and he he brings about like two mil or something mm-hmm. like that around that. So um, that feels a pretty sensible transfer to make. And I have kind of I, I did tweak with maybe doing Zahar up to Mares, which is where I, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to afford it, and then it's actually really easily affordable because he's only eight mil. So. It's a bit iffy because Zahar's obviously got a game, so there's a bit concerned about that I might be taking out points, and especially yeah. if Mares doesn't play. It, it's not ideal, but it would be exciting to own Mares mm. and then see the lineup and he's in it. Um, so I, I think that that one will go down to the buyer, but I'm on at least a four-point hit yeah. um, with Mendy to Edison, Madison to Rafinha, and then Captain. I'll probably go Kane. I, I put it on Richarlison initially just to to kind of hopefully give him a little confidence boost for this week yeah. and hope that during the double he, he would do better. Um, but it, but it's not worked. So unless he does something special against Villa, then I think I'll just put it on Kane I as, think a, as a safe there's, bet. There's some lucky people out there who've got a free hit or maybe even a wild card left who um, will better use that. But I think most people are either going to be fielding nine or ten or they're going to be taking hits. So there'll be so many hits around, so many... Uh, uh, um, you know, limited um, teams. That that's why I'm okay with a minus eight, and I, I do see that as like a minus four, 
because I think minus four is just going to be the norm for so many different managers there. I forgot to mention my captain, by the way. Sorry. Um, I saw you got your captain, Richarlison, but with possibly with Kane there. And my my captaincy there was, um, at the moment, I'm thinking either Son or Salah. Kane is also in the reckoning. It's going to be one of them. I'm just going for the big guns. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, not going to mess around. Um, Salah against West Brom away looks great. Son against Wolves at home looks great. Kane, I thought, looked captainable in his last match. So, um, yeah. Based on what you were saying there, would you prefer Son over Kane if you had to choose between the two? Would I prefer Son over Kane if I didn't have either? Or I was making... On the, I mean, for, 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 for captain, it sounds like what you were just saying is you, you'd put Son ahead of Kane in your captain queue. Um. Yeah, I have, but that's only that's mainly because he's a midfielder. I'm trying to maximise points. He's a midfielder. He just simply gets more. That's what I'm looking at, really. Fair enough. So um, that that's my thinking there. And I also just think um, Wolves' defence just looks a bit dodgy. I think um, David mentioned something on the captaincy as well. Is that is the side that that Son plays um, is quite ideal um, for uh, Wolves. It's a good. It's one of those good matchups. Um, so we've got potential um, there. Um, so yeah, moving on to your team there, Seb. Um, so um, yeah, do you want to do you want to run through your team because you're really well set up. Um, so you've you've got the luxury of benching Bamford, yeah. who's a target for many people. So yeah, do you want to go through your team? After after a number of poor weeks, I have a good team, which is probably why I've had some poor poor weeks, right? But you talking about minus eights there, I would love you to because I will be eight points up up on you immediately. Uh, I have Luis in goal, Alexander Arnold, Dean, and Ailing at the back. Uh, Jota, Son, De Bruyne, vice-captain, Gundogan and Rafina in the middle, and Kane, captain, and Watkins up front with Forster and Bamford on the bench. Shaw and Pereira don't play. Uh, the reason I've got Bamford benched is because where I will use my transfer this week is probably either getting DCL for one of Watkins or Bamford or a Gundogan to, say, Mares. So I've tried to put the team as how it might end up looking even if I do make a transfer. Um, I'm not really sure. It's, it feels like a nice place to be with those transfers, but the forwards are good anyway. You know, we spoke about my ideal front line a minute ago. Uh, I don't have two of those players. I don't have Antonio. I don't have DCL, but I think I have good backups. So maybe forcing a transfer there isn't the one for me. So maybe I do a Gundogan to a Mares. Yeah, I mean, this is amazing because this is because because you've been going with limited players because you've had Rafinha who's been injured. Um, and I think the other day. You, you, the other week you had like eight players. Um, yeah, I had. I think it was it. We Rafina missing, Gundogan missing, De Bruyne. And, yeah. And there was there were certain weeks where it was all the, you know take your medicine week. This week free hit is going really well, and this is the other week where it's going really well on on others because this team here has got um, yeah. There's you could just you could just go down the pub. This <laughs> basically this, yeah. you could forget about this the is, deadline. This is why I've. I've done terribly the last few weeks. Let's not hide mm. that. I'm 200 KO'd, which is probably be my worst finish in about a decade. But this is why I've sort of been happy to just wait because I knew I had the free hit, which has gone well, but I've been lucky as well. It was a pretty obvious team. And in the last few weeks, I think I'm not far off a team someone might wildcard to. Mm. So I've been happy knowing this is coming just to hold on to that team, hold on to that team and hopefully gain a few points back. You know, I'm not going to win it. I'll be lucky to get in the top 100K, but I can claw back a bit of respect maybe. The only thing, I mean, if, if say you just went to the pub and forgot about it um, without making any transfers, um, would you be tempted to play Bamford ahead of Watkins? 
Maybe. Um, a fair shout, one I'd probably need to look into a little further. Like I said, the reason I've said it about this at the moment is just to demonstrate how the team might look if, yeah. for example, I did a Mares. Um, and then, yeah, maybe just the reason I have Watkins ahead of Bamford is because I've got Rafina and Eiling, which is not particularly yeah. strong logic. You know, if I think Leeds are going to score, I should have all three. But maybe I'm just hedging at the moment. Yeah, if, no. if you did get Mares, would you be tempted to captain them at all? Or are you pretty set on, on Kane? Interesting. So maybe I'd be slightly worried about minutes, but I think, was it someone in the chat mentioned earlier, which is completely true, Pep has kind of switched to, rather than subbing people in and out, almost rotating 90-minute chunks, so he doesn't use all his subs anymore. So as long as I had a good vice-captain, perhaps, um, yeah, it certainly entered my thinking. It, it just sort of looks, looks good to have two City against Newcastle, where everyone else has jumped off on City. It just sort of looks like that, uh, I mean, just even without captain. That looks like sort of there's big gains potential there, yeah. and you could just kind of double down on it a bit with with Mares. Here's an outside of the box one for you. Pereira is probably useless to me for the rest of the season. This is Leicester's Pereira, not West Brom's. Mm. Pereira to Cancelo might not play. Might play two of them. Play him over Gundogan or Watkins. What do you reckon for that for the remainder of the season? I prefer um, just thinking for the remainder of the season get Kufal. Um, get. Um, I think that would just just be a sensible, good move for the remaining three. Have Cancelo's attacking numbers gone down at all? Because he, he seems to have like gone completely off the radar. Um, oh, look, that's a nice shout. So he is fifth at the moment. In the last six, he's got one point three six xgi, but that's his last six matches. So if he's been rested a bit, that could be quite a while away. Yeah. For the whole season, he's second. So, relatively speaking, he does seem to have got poorer for himself. Do you, do you have any intention of getting another Liverpool player in? Because if, Perhaps, you've got, I guess. if you've got the money, Pereira to Robertson, no one's going to have Alexander and, and Robertson. That could be, that could be let's huge. Have, let's, let's have a look. Can I afford that? Ooh, I could afford that by 0.1. Um, that's quite tempting. I might look at that. That's if not a bad If you don't have any plans. Liverpool have got the best fixtures, according to the season ticker. So, you know, going back to that fixture season running, when you think about clean sheet and assist potential, West Brom, Burnley and Crystal Palace, they could get three clean sheets and he could get an assist, two or three assists and plus bonus. But no, with that's, him, not, that's not a bad at all. I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I mean, I've, I've got Phillips, Salah and Jota. So, I mean, I, I can't do much. I've got, I'm, I've got the Liverpool hand I've been dealt. But you've got, you've, you're in a, you, you're thinking of, points of difference between a team and other teams so for example you free hit it this week so that's a point of difference to other teams um i was talking to late riser um on twitter and he's free hitting this week which is a great point of difference to other teams one of the points of difference you've got that no one else is going to have is the two creative fullbacks for liverpool um uh, it, it allows you to get rid of Pereira as well. Who, yeah. If you're anything like me, you'll be delighted to do so. Um, <laughs> I, I did it last week after after him just getting about five points over eight weeks or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's a, a lot of money tied up in just yeah. someone who, who's getting nothing. It's the, going back to the attacking defenders table there, chances created, it's Shaw, Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. They're the ones. I I will be honest and say I hadn't really considered that, despite thinking about it on the on the free hit. That's a that's a decent option. So after not wanting to make any transfers, I've got about four I want to make now. It's 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 a move I quite like because it's the move. I I, was, I, was talking, I can't remember who it was on on Twitter about um, 
you know, trying to get a really high rank and what's the difference this season. And I was just saying that sometimes you've got, this. why we've been talking about unfashionable players, but it's, it's not so much that. It's more about just thinking what everyone's going to do and then thinking, well, is there an, an alternative mm. strategy that no one's going to do? Perhaps they won't have the money, they won't have the structure, the setup, or they've got their own personal biases about these things. And I think um, Alexander and Robertson is a potentially lucrative combination that, I can't. I don't know. I, don't, I can't think of anyone. I've never. Obviously, the main that. thing to point out, the main thing to point out with the team as well is there is no Salah, there is no Fernandez, mm. and unless I lose De Bruyne, they're not coming in my team. No. So, they're like, I you know a negative point of separation potentially there. So, yeah, I don't hate it though. I've said it a couple yeah. of times. Yeah, I quite like yeah. that. That's it. And other people have maybe got Salah or Mane. They're not going to go anywhere. But if you if you if you can't really get them in, then sounds good. But anyway, just thought that be quite good. Um, Ben and Good. Seb, um, thanks so much uh, for appearing and having a look at my me amazing uh, trophy <laughs> that I've won. <laughs> um, but um, uh, hopefully, we've come up with uh, helped each other a bit with our with a, uh, a troublesome game week thirty six. Um, but I uh, hope everyone has um, a good game week. Um, but in the meantime, it's goodbye from me. So, goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me.